It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And we're so happy you joined us today. It is cooling down. It was only 55 this morning. I know. It feels so good. I took pace this morning. I was like, pace? I was like, you might have needed a little sweatshirt. It's only 55 degrees out here. But it feels nice. It feels good. So Tabitha and I have been busy wrapping up ladies event things. I'm so excited. This Friday. Yes. Wow. It snuck up on us. I mean, when we started doing this, we're like, oh, we've got plenty of time. And now it's like, it's here. It's here. Yeah. So thank you to everyone that has registered. We have had such an amazing response. We really have more than we would have ever imagined. Yes. And we have closed registration now. Um, So just thank you to everyone that's registered and everyone that's going to come out. I know it's going to be a fun time. But next week's episode is going to hopefully be a release of what we do on Friday night. Yeah, so so if you're not local and you weren't able to, you're not going to be able to make it to the physical event, we are doing a live podcast and a live recording as long as it all works out. Y'all just pray for us that all the equipment works (laughs) as it's supposed to. All of the technology (laughs) things work and y'all will be able to listen to it. So So we're excited about that. Very excited about that. Well, we are jumping in today to our final, we're finally here, our final episode on the fruit of the spirit. And I will just say that God This week, isn't this how he works, that whatever you're studying or whatever maybe the pastor preached on, it feels like it's directly towards you. He's preaching to me today. (laughs) Yes. And this lesson was preaching to me the whole time I was studying it, especially as I was finishing up some last minute touches last night. But yesterday, and I'll just give you guys a glimpse of how my day went yesterday. I had such a busy day trying to work on some things for the podcast, finish up some things for um, our ladies event, my house is a wreck. Maddie had a volleyball game after school and had football. So you can imagine I'm just rushing around trying to do all the homework things, get dinner ready. Um, and we're, I'm just busy. And one of my kids, and I won't say which one, because I do not want to implicate them here on the podcast, (laughs) just made a really bad choice and did something that just caught me off guard. It put everything else on hold, and I had to deal with that situation right then. And I, just to be honest, I I didn't have the time for it. I was already frazzled and really at my wit's end. And then this, you know, and you're like, why Why now? Why Why is this happening? And it just ticked me off. I mean, I was downright. I was telling Ashley about it this morning. I was a jerk. I like, I really was. That is the nicest thing that I can say about myself. Just because to everybody then, my words didn't edify my child. Um, I was mean to everyone around me. And in a sense, I then made the situation worse because my whole attitude changed. And then after we got back home, I'm looking through this lesson and the Lord just rebuked me for my attitude. And I was reminded of all the times that I was the one that made a bad choice. I was the one 
who needed to be taught. And it just reminded me of today's topic and how we're going to be discussing temperance or self-control. And last night, I lost control. I lost control of my emotions and my attitude. And because of that, I missed an opportunity. You know, just those opportunities to guide our kids. And all because I let, I let my temper get the best of me. And I share this story because I think a lot of times we all find ourselves in this situation okay. where we're out of control. Um, but when we lose control, we are not allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us. And ultimately, as we've said before, we're not cultivating the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So the best thing for me to do is to recognize now what's done is done. I can yeah. go back and I can apologize and I can ask forgiveness for my attitude um, but it's allowing the Lord to cultivate that ground and working on my heart so that hopefully next time you'll have more patience. Yes. Patience, <laughs> self-control and all of those things, yeah. kindness, all of those things that we've learned. But so. it's crazy how you talked about and how many things, how many fruit of the spirit kind of got tossed around exactly in, 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 the, in one, a salad if you speak they're all in this big old salad yes, fruit salad <laughs> yeah they're big old in this fruit salad and you're mixing it up and you just start losing some fruit yeah out of your, my kindness out of is gone salad. my patience is gone yeah. my self-control is gone and it's, it's just a reminder of how all of this is tied together yeah. you know and really this self-control is a big piece of it part of it you're right so if you've been listening the whole time, let's just quote this verse together. Our last so we're going to for the last time y'all are going to be so upset that we're not reading Galatians 5:22 through 23 <laughs> anymore, but let's read it one more time for the ones who may be tuning in for the first time. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So if you're listening, like I said, for the first time today, and we noticed over the past couple of weeks that we have quite a few new listeners. We've so, had a lot of new listeners. Yeah, and we just want to recommend that you go back, if not all the way to the back of when we started our podcast, to the beginning of this series and start at the beginning and go yeah. through it because, you know, you may glance at the titles and say, oh, love, joy, peace. Oh, I'm, I'm good with those. Yeah. I have love. I have joy. But... You know, you may think you're confident in those areas, but as we've said before, sometimes we just need to be reminded of how to live out the basic fundamentals of scripture. Exactly. But for right now, just a brief overview of what we have talked about. You know, when we looked at love, it was real love versus counterfeit love. And then when we talked about joy, we compared the difference between happiness and joy. And then peace, it gives us a peace that passes all understanding, that it doesn't make sense to non-believers, but as followers of Christ, we can experience an unexplainable peace when faced with hard times. And we looked at similarities and gentleness and goodness, but also how they are different and that the Lord is calling us to kindness and going the extra mile with someone. And then Lisa brought us such a wonderful lesson on patience, and she taught us about the bamboo tree, which I just cannot yes. get out of my mind, and how it takes time to cultivate the fruit of the spirit, namely patience. And then a couple of weeks ago, we discussed the importance of faith as we looked at Hebrews 11 and Ashley and I shared how God walked with us as we trusted him as, as Ashley left a great career to stay home with her children. And I was able to share a portion of our adoption story. 
And then finally, last week, we taught on the calling of meekness in all of our lives. And do you remember our sticky statement? Meekness is is not weakness. (laughs) And today, we are ending our series on the fruit of the Spirit as we discuss temperance, as the King James says, but that is also interpreted as self-control. So let's start by defining temperance. So uh, the definition of temperance is the quality of moderation or self-restraint. Miriam's dictionary says that temperance is moderation in action, thought, or feeling, restraint, a habitual moderation in the indulgence of appetites or passions. And then if you look at the Wikipedia definition, it says it is generally characterized as the control over excess and expressed through characteristics such as chastity, modesty, humility, self-regulation, hospitality, decorum, abstinence, and forgiveness. Each of these involves restraining an excess of some impulse, such as you may think sexual desire, vanity, or anger. So based on all of these definitions, we'll be using temperance and self-control interchangeably today. Right. Moderation. That's a big Mm. um, word in that definition is is. everything in In moderation, moderation. not allowing it to have control over you. So before we talk about what biblical self-control looks like, let's first talk about what it means to be out of control, which is the opposite of self-controlled. And I shared about that instance from last night, but have you ever felt that way before? You know, where everything seems to be um, awry, just spiraling. And then all of a sudden it's that one thing that just makes you like lose it. And, you know, I talked about last night, I had that moment. And I think I've mentioned before, but even a while back, several years ago, I went through, and this is probably TMI for the guys that are listening, but I went through menopause at a very young age. I was in my early 30s. And for any ladies that are listening, I know that you can relate. It is crazy. And it was something that I was not expecting. But just as many of you ladies have faced, there were hot flashes and mood swings and so many just hormonal issues Um, I was facing such an internal struggle that sometimes, you know, just coming to grips with that I was going through something that shouldn't have been happening for another 20 years and just coming to terms with the fact that I could no longer have biological children, you know, but God used all of that and worked it out for our good. But at the moment, as I was diagnosed with this, it was a lot. So I was a hot mess during that time. And I went from a pretty easygoing person to completely, I, mean, I don't want to say completely out of control, but there were moments that I just felt out of control. Yeah. I felt like I wasn't myself. I was right. either crying or I was just losing my patience. And, you know, yeah. you throw in the midst of all this, that was the exact time that we got custody of Justin and Charlie. And so now there's a lack of sleep. And you can just imagine what it was like for a little while. And I hated that feeling. I don't like to be in that situation. And that's why I'm very compassionate of people who may need help for a time, maybe through medication or counseling for a season in their life, because that was a hard time for me. But ultimately, I was out of control and I was not exhibiting the fruit of the spirit of self-control. And so Ashley, have you ever been, I've shared a couple of mine. So people are going to think <laughs> this type of the, she is no. whacked out over here, but have you ever had those moments to where you just feel out of control? Oh yeah. And I'm, if I said no, my husband would be like, you're a liar. <laughs> no, no liar. But liar. 
But um, no, I have I haven't gone through like a stretch of time like that. I know my time's coming. Um, <laughs> but um, I've I've always felt pretty in control with things. But I'm a very wound up type person. Like I just am. And if I want my a house my house to be a certain way, I want things done at a certain time. And I and so when my schedule kind of gets off, and I find myself. Reeling because it's like, oh, well, then how am I going to have time to do this? And I'm going to be rushed to do this. And then I'm not going to have, I'm always thinking about like that next thing. And so just the slightest little something will throw me off. And it's just, I've talked about my, my amazing three-year-old and um, he is a mess and he is something else and he is full of character and he's an amazing kid, but he's got, he's throwing some major temper tantrums here lately. And so that has really sparked something in me that when he starts doing that, yeah, I don't know. It's almost like I lose it and I'm trying now to figure out. And I know you've mentioned even like some podcasts and things to, mm-hmm. d- to deal with a, like, what would you call him? He's like a, strong just, will, a just a strong will child. child. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to find some help in that area because I've never dealt with that before. Mm-hmm. My firstborn was not strong willed. He was sweet and yeah. docile <laughs> and kind and quiet and, and he's not. So I'm just trying to figure that out. So right now that's testing me. Yeah. Big time. And it was even when I worked, right? Just the stress of feeling like you have to carry everything. Yeah. And then if you drop this ball, then all the other balls are going to, it's like a domino effect. You know, all these other dominoes are, and I think us as women feel like that. Like we're carrying Mm -hmm. everything on our shoulders. And because we're more emotional beings, I think, than men are who are more like straightforward. They attack what's ahead of them. We have my a husband is so different. Going like, he's just so laid back, chill. I mean, honestly, there's not a lot that gets him fired up. But that's probably why we we work because right. if he was like me, we'd be at each other all the time. You know, he's right. so laid back and chill. It was like I was telling Tabitha, I was leaving this morning, so I've got a self control story too. Just this morning, so I've I've had we've had a lot with the event. We've got a lot on us with that mm-hmm. and planning and preparing. But then preparing for our next podcast and we've been throwing in some interviews we've been doing a lot of different things here and just that and then dealing with the little and we had a couple people come into the house this morning and my husband was telling me I couldn't drive my car and that like threw me (laughs) over the edge because he was like just drive my truck and don't drive your car and I'm like but everything's in my car you know and it's like so simple that's stupid though right like and and she walks in this morning like I'm about to cry and I almost started crying on him and he's like I don't know why you're crying and I'm like just I don't know either okay but it's like you're that one little something away from just and then our soundboard wouldn't turn on. Oh yeah, and then we're over here like, no, no, no. We have, we have too much to do happening. today. We've got way too much to do today. But it, isn't that how life works sometimes? That it's like, you know, all this stuff is building up, and then it can just be that one little thing yeah. that then just throws you over the yeah, edge. Yeah, and that's a lot of times you could probably go back to, okay, well, this happened yesterday. This happened the day before, and that's yeah. with me. You know, I've had a lot of temper tantrums the last few days, yeah. and it's just been stirring in me and. The little I can't drive my car just like made me cry, you know. So, so needless to say, needless this to is say, a great lesson for you and I as well. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. You I know, think if you can't take something yourself away from really any Bible, biblical, biblical teaching. teaching, then there you need to go check yourself because yeah, I can find There's help in most things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's not always related to our emotions. No, you know, for other right. people, it could be substance abuse through 
alcohol or drugs or pornography or even finances. And we could really put a label on our self-control in really any instance. But, you know, why does someone addicted to drugs and alcohol continually turn back to it even though they know they shouldn't? Mm -hmm. Because the substance controls them, they no longer control the substance. They are enslaved to whatever they're addicted to. It could be food. It could be anything like that. Sexual sin, namely pornography, is rampant in our society today. Why? Because men and women are addicted to it, and then they lose control over the ability to make rational decisions to abstain from it any longer. You know, Derek and I have attended classes by Dave Ramsey, and he talks about controlling your money or controlling your resources and not allowing your money to control you. So you think about how that works. We spend and we spend and we live above our means, or let's just say we live at our means. We're getting by, but maybe our job is unethical and we know we need to get out. Or they've started making you work on Sundays that you didn't have to do when you took that job. Or maybe it's just the the fact that you're completely unhappy in where you're working. But because you have maxed out your credit cards, you've maxed yourself out financially, you cannot make a decision to leave that job because your finances are out of control. And it happens to people all All the the time. time. You're no longer in control of where and what you spend your money on because of who you owe for the rash decisions you've already made. And I even thought about how our schedules and Ashley and I have talked about that are out of control. And I'm preaching to myself here. You know, I make plans on top of plans because I have FOMO, you know, I have fear of missing out on something. So I think, well, I want to do that. And I really want to do that. And I I don't tell people no No. or things. Mm -hmm. No, Um, for my kids, I think that they have to be in every sport or activity that they want to do. And I don't want to say no to them because I know it's things that they love to do. But then it doesn't leave any room to minister to people when a situation arises. You know, like the situation with my child yesterday. He needed some one-on-one attention, but I didn't have time to give it to him. So that just created anger within me. You know, if a friend needs you or your kid needs extra attention or maybe you need rest. Right. um, But you don't get it. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you're enslaved to your schedule. You're no longer in control. It controls you. Man, I think this is a big problem <laughs> with everybody today. Like I'm I tell just, you, I'm preaching woo, to myself. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Preach it, sister. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, man, it sounds like all of our lives, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, let's also consider that there are things that can cause us to lose control. And we've talked about some. You know, Tabitha and I have talked about some things that cause us to feel out of control during a certain situation. And, you know, of course, hormone situations will arise. Unexpected things will happen that cause us to lose control that we may not necessarily can control, right. you know, our, our reaction sometimes to those. But what we're talking about today is on the norm, on your normal daily life, you mm-hmm. know. But even with an unexpected tragedy, a health concern or whatever it is that's causing you to spiral Seek help, whether it's through a counselor, a trusted friend, your pastor, or a medical professional. Don't suffer alone. Mm -hmm. And BibleLife.com says, whatever the cause, a loss of self-control can have serious consequences. People who struggle with self-control often have feelings of hopelessness and despair. It can lead to harmful behaviors like substance abuse, overeating, gambling, and even violence. It can also damage personal relationships and hinder career advancement. Fortunately, there is help available for those who want to regain control over their lives. 
And with the help of the Holy Spirit and guidance from God's word, it is possible to learn how to manage impulses and make better choices. And I just want to say, you were in our Wednesday night class last Wednesday. And do you remember the addiction that we talked about? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I'm trying to remember. Oh, our phones. Yeah. Yes. And yep. isn't that something that Talking about we all struggle with addiction right now too? Yeah. And how, I mean, y'all, there's just some situations that have arose recently within our family and I will never talk about it, but the cell phones are dangerous guys. And mm-hmm. I just feel like this is leading me to talk about this to the point of where I kind of, I want to break down crying a little bit talking about it. These are dangerous for our kids. Mm-hmm. The stories I'm hearing coming out right now. The kids are getting in trouble and kids are going down a downward spiral started with their cell phones. So parents out there really think the smartphone thing, really, really think about it and how your kids are using them, where they're using them. Don't allow them to take them to bed at night with them. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot because they're addicted to these phones, mm-hmm. but the phones lead to other addictions. Right. Um, it's a gateway to many it's a gateway to so many many things and like mm-hmm. we even talked about it last Wednesday like if you pray because our, our lesson was on prayer mm-hmm. and if you spent the time praying and communicating with God as much as you communicate with your friends on your cell phone mm-hmm. how would that look you know right. and what if you know how the feeling when you forget your cell phone somewhere Panic. Oh, panic. Yeah. What if you got that feeling if you didn't pray? If you forgot, forgot to, to pray. pray that morning. Yeah. So um, oh, that's convicting too. Yeah. You know, we've talked about how all the fruit of the spirit are, are tied together, but here's what second Peter one, five through nine says. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue and to virtue, knowledge and to knowledge, temperance. There's that word. And to temperance, patience and to patience, godliness and to godliness, brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So once again, this is just another scripture that reiterates how one fruit leads to another, leads to another. And what does it mean to be diligent? You're in constant effort to accomplish something. You're persistent, persistently pursuing faith, which leads to virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, kindness, and love. And this verse goes on to say that all of these things bring forth fruit in the knowledge of God. And what does Paul call this back in Genesis 5 or Galatians 5, as we've talked about? Yep. Fruit, Fruit. specifically fruit of the Spirit. So let's also look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the master is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. So what Paul is doing here is explaining self-control from the perspective of an athlete. A professional athlete doesn't just show up one day and play professionally. No, it took years of self-discipline and practice. Think about 
I don't know. I'm not really good with athletes. Like, think about your favorite athlete. Think of LeBron know. James. That's oh, just yeah. somebody that everybody's going to Oh, yeah, we know. watched Space Jam the other night, so oh. I don't know why that's not in my <laughs> I didn't even know that that movie was about LeBron James. But anyways, yeah, I mean, think about him. He's amazing at what he does. Mm-hmm. But did he get to where he was without practice? It took years of working at it, you know, eating properly, working out, getting adequate rest, practicing over and over again. It took years of self-discipline that brings his own body into subjection. Yeah, he had to work hard for that. Very hard. But here's the important thing to remember. LeBron James may make a ton of money, money that we would never even experience here on this earth. He may win a few trophies in his lifetime, but Paul calls that a corruptible crown. It's not something that will last. And that reminds me of Matthew 6, 19 through 21. It says, lay not Mm -hmm. up for yourself treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and still, but lay up for yourselves treasures where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and still for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also." Money and trophies, those are all nice while we're here on earth, but they won't last forever. Somebody can steal them. A fire, one fire, he could lose it all. all, Um, Rust can destroy it, but an incorruptible crown, that's what we are working for. That's That's an eternal reward from the Lord. And it's all tied to temperance, like we talked about. You're right. I've never even really thought about that, but so true. And Paul also ends 1 Corinthians 9 by saying, But I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection, lest that by any means, when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. When we think of self-control in the spiritual aspect and allowing the Spirit to lead us, we keep our body into subjection. Think about when we get out of control. What kind of testimony does that display to others Who's going to listen to those of us who claim to be Christian if we can't control our own bodies, mainly our own tongues? Right. Um, No one will listen to someone whose anger controls them, someone who allows drugs or alcohol to reign over them. But even think about someone who spats off at the mouth and can't control, like, you know, their tongue, like I said. A lack of self-control and self-discipline is like being a castaway, as Paul says, because no one will listen to you. And I'm just, I'm going back right now to Derek's message. Was it Sunday or last? I don't know. I don't think I got to sit in it this Sunday. So maybe it was, (laughs) maybe I was there, but not there. Maybe it was last Sunday, but when he was going Matthew seven and talking about, you know, get the mode out of your own. I don't judge lest you be judged. But, you know, he kind of mentioned something. I've been thinking about this, that you may be judging someone that's addicted to drugs in their lifestyle, but you could have an aspirin addiction yourself. Yeah. I mean, and you right. think that there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. We're so easy to pin one sin against the other and to say, oh, well, that's a that sin's worse than this sin. Yeah. But you're you're addicted and you're enslaved to taking this Tylenol every single, whatever it may right. be every day. And you're not any better than the person that's out addicted on. You still have an addiction yourself you that you're have, yeah. working through. So who are you to judge that person? So I think right. sometimes we think of, some things that we lose self-control and some things that take over and control our lives as being these really big major yeah. things, right? Well, but and it I can be something as, so simple. Yeah. And as, even as Christians, like a lot of times it's a food, yeah. it's food, you know, and we justify mm-hmm. that because we we're like, drink. well, we don't drink, we don't smoke. I'm having my Dr. Pepper today yeah. because you know, it's better That's than going my out vice. And, and yeah. we've talked about that before, but right. we use that as an excuse, not realizing that 
that in and of itself yeah. is a form of lack of self-control. Right. And once right. again, I'm raising my hand like yeah. it's me. Um, but the truth is we never know who's watching us. Oh, yeah. You know, the way we speak to our children, like I talked about at the beginning of this episode, or how we respond to a coworker who's frustrated us. Or as we talked about last week, that person on social media who's baiting you to see yeah. how you're, you'll respond to their outrageous post or something. Right. People are watching, and we can never be a witness for Jesus if we're drawing attention to our out-of-control selves. And that's ultimately what Paul is teaching us. If we cannot control ourselves, how are we ever going to earn the respect of other people? And why would they ever listen to what we have to say when it comes to spiritual things? We have to protect our testimony Every mm-hmm. day. Every and, day. I mean, people are so quick to, to judge and they throw out Matthew 7 all the time. Oh, well, you're not supposed to judge it. But but they will. They'll talk about you the minute you have. You can live your life for the Lord and do all the right things. But the minute you lose mm-hmm. control, that's what that's how they're going to look that's at what you. That's they're going to view you yeah. as. Yeah, for the remainder of the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we all have to be careful with that. So Tabitha, what is the purpose for this teaching this week? As we talk about what's the purpose of self-control, let's look at 2 Timothy 3.1. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Do you think we're experiencing any of those things right now? All of it. Absolutely. Yeah. what is that a sign of? It says that mm, it's the, the sign days. of the last days. Yeah. But specifically, let's look at that word incontinent. And I listened to a message this week. It's not a word that we use on a regular basis in modern English. And when we do use the word incontinence, it's in association with someone who's lost control of their bladder. Yes. But specifically, that's not what <laughs> Paul is talking about right here. Incontinent is just someone who has lost control. So being out of control is associated with what the world will look like when we near the end times. Oh, we're so, getting there. Yeah, we are. So as we consider the purpose of self-control, let's remember that self-control should be associated with us us as believers and we should be the ones who are set apart from the world but not just with self-control but within all areas of the fruit of the spirit because that's evidence of the fruit working within us and we should be the light I was just having a conversation with mom yesterday my mom is my upstream and my my Mm -hmm. wiser one you know and we were talking about a situation and she said Ashley the problem is you know I've been reading and looking into your eyes are the light you know, and if you're allowing light to come in your eyes, you're you're going to produce light mm-hmm. and you're going to be full of light. But in this day and time, you can see that everybody's consuming themselves with darkness. Mm-hmm. It's darkness after darkness. It's a, a shooting video game. It's oh, pornography. Yeah. It's all of these things that they're watching and that they're seeing. They're mm-hmm. they're seeing, they're just taken in darkness. And next thing you know, they become darkness. Well, and you know, and I saw somebody the other day share something And I want to say maybe it was Sadie Robertson that was sharing, you know, that we want to say how awful social media is. And, you know, the algorithms, though, on social media will push things that you consistently watch. Yes. So if you're consistently watching things that are not edifying to God, they're going to continually push those things to you. They are, yeah. So choose wisely on social Mm -hmm. media specifically 
stay in control of what they're sending you. And, you know, there may come a time that you don't have control over that, but choose who you're following. You know, are they people that are edifying God? That's right. I've been unfollowing a lot of people here lately because of that. Because I'm like, I just can't see it anymore. Yeah. Are they positive people who are pouring light back into you? Or or is it darkness? And that's a form of self-control. It is. Some of those people are fun to watch. They're funny. Right. um, But they share off-color jokes or they share things that are bringing darkness into your life. So have control over what you're viewing. It's like the little song, Be Careful Little Eyes, but you see. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just so, once again, I'm taking it back to a song, but it's just, there's a reason that song was taught to little kids. It is true. Be careful little eyes what you see. So Tabitha, what's the challenge for us this week? Well, with this being our final lesson on the fruit of the spirit, my final challenge in this series is just to remind you to cultivate all of these fruit. And just because temperance or self-control is last doesn't mean it's of less importance. As a matter of fact, it's got to be evident in your life in order to walk in the spirit, but it's going to take time and effort and self-denial. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So my challenge is to give up living for yourself and walk in the spirit. And after this series, we should all be able to see the evidence of that in our lives. Are we living love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control on display for the world to see? So let's end today with one final recap on the fruit of the spirit. In order to experience real love, not only do we receive God, which we talked about agape, which is sacrificial love, but we extend that love to others. Happiness is a fleeting feeling, but joy is only experienced by walking in the spirit and knowing Jesus, who was able to endure the cross because of the joy that was before him. We can have a peace that is completely unexplainable because it passes all understanding. It's not absence of hardships, but it's peace in the midst of the storm. Patience requires self-discipline. When our patience wears thin, we'll find ourselves angry and frustrated. Gentleness and goodness are displayed by our kindness and willingness to go that extra mile with someone. When we have faith, we are trusting God with our lives, our circumstances, and everything in between. Last week, we were reminded that contrary to what we're taught in the world, meekness is not weakness. And finally today, we've learned that self-control must be demonstrated in order to live a life subjected to the Spirit and in order to live out every other fruit of the Spirit effectively. So Tab, I just feel we need to close in a word of prayer and end out the series. Great. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for this study on the fruit of the Spirit. And God, I pray that through learning about how we should walk in the Spirit, that it has affected the lives of many people in self-evaluating. Are we walking in the Spirit or are we giving in to our fleshly desires? And so God, I pray that something that has been said throughout this series will resonate with the ladies that are listening and that we all would be willing and denying ourselves in order to walk in the spirit. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for this time in your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you all so much for listening. If you have followed us all the way through this series, thank you so much. Always remember a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.